Please stand for the reading of the scripture. The scripture reading for today is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, beginning with the, with the 19th verse. When it was evening of that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, greetings, friends. Here we are, the second week in our Easter season. It's such a poignant time in the life of the church. We've just experienced a 40-day buildup to a supernatural event that is even more miraculous than any of the sensationalized stories that we might find in the media, which inspires us to say, well, I'll believe that when I see it. We've journeyed with Jesus through his betrayal and through his suffering, through his crucifixion and death. And we've celebrated that after all of that, 
Jesus literally died and he experienced a bodily resurrection from the dead. He was dead and now he is alive. He is risen. There has to be just a little bit of skepticism on our part there. I mean, what happened was pretty unbelievable. It has to bring up some questions for us. Questions that we might struggle with answering if we truly considered them. In this struggle, we might ask ourselves, do I actually believe that Jesus had to suffer and die and that he rose up from the grave? Does my faith require that I believe it? Is it okay if I have doubts about believing it? Do those doubts mean that I don't have faith? And if I do believe it, is it supposed to make a difference in my life? Is it supposed to lead me to new life. We are all on a journey in our faith, aren't we? If we're honest, all of us have struggled with doubt. Doubt is simply a part of the human experience. At some point, all of us have questions and things that we're uncertain about, especially when we consider all of the disappointments and the challenges that come into our life that test our faith. We have to be careful that we don't look at doubt as the opposite of faith. What if we simply looked at doubt as one element of our faith? What if we looked at it as one chapter in the story? It's possible that doubt could actually be a stepping stone to greater faith. It's possible that truly considering what we struggle with believing could be a motivator for moving towards being sure of that which we believe. It's possible that Jesus can handle our doubts, that he actually understands them, and that he will patiently journey with us towards more solid ground. In our scripture for today, we find this interaction between Jesus and the disciples and also Thomas that addresses some of these questions for us. It occurs just after a few of the disciples had seen that empty tomb. They had heard the rumors of people who had actually seen the resurrected Jesus and the disciples were all there together, locked away in that upper room. And Jesus comes into that room. And he greets them with the words, peace be with you. And after he did this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his side. And again, he says, peace be with you. And when the disciples told Thomas, who had not been with them that night, about their encounter with Jesus, he said, unless I see those nail marks in his hands, and unless I put my finger where those nail marks were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe it. And a week later, when the disciples were all together in the home again, though the doors were locked, again Jesus comes right through them. And again he says, peace be with you. And then he addressed Thomas pretty specifically. And he said to him, put your finger here in my hand. Put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe and Thomas, having seen for himself and believing what he saw, confesses immediately, my Lord and my God. 
Now you can imagine all of the questions that the disciples probably had during these moments before their interaction with Jesus. You know they had to have been uncertain about the events of his passion. Even though they've been told what would happen to Jesus, we don't ever really get the sense that they understand what would happen or why it had to happen. They could have questioned if Jesus really was raised from the dead. They probably questioned why Jesus left them, where he had gone, if he would ever even see him again. And I'm sure they questioned how Jesus would react if they did see him. They probably wondered if Jesus would be angry with them because of their disloyalty. And I'm sure that they wondered if Jesus really was risen, what did that mean for Jesus? And what did it mean for them? And Jesus was so patient with the disciples in this. He understood where they were coming from. He knew everything that they had been through, that it had all been pretty confusing. He knew that they had uncertainty about what would happen and what would happen next and where they stood with him. So Jesus extends to them exactly what they were needing. He extends grace, even in light of how much they had let him down. And he extends peace to bring comfort in the midst of all of their doubts. And he extends his spirit to carry them through the days that were ahead. You can imagine where Thomas was coming from in this interaction as well. He was in the same place the disciples were, really, dealing with the same myriad of doubts and uncertainties. When the disciples shared with him about having seen Jesus, though, they had an advantage over Thomas, didn't they? They had all seen Jesus come in through those locked doors. They had all seen those nail marks in his hand and in his side. They had all heard those comforting words that Jesus offered them as he extended his peace to them. They had all felt the breath of that spirit giving them new life. They had personally experienced the resurrected Jesus and a taste of the new life that he would bring. We have to feel a little bit sorry for Thomas in this story because of this one interaction that he has with Jesus. He goes down in all of history as the doubter. It just doesn't seem fair. Thomas hadn't experienced the resurrected Jesus, yet he was being asked to believe in something that he could not have possibly understood. Seeing someone who was once dead, now alive, it's unbelievable. Without having had the experience of the resurrected Jesus, he wouldn't have been able to have the same faith that the others had. And having not shared in this experience, he asked for proof that what they said was true. And he said that he wouldn't be convinced without it. Even in light of Thomas's skepticism, Jesus extends the same gifts to Thomas that he extended to the disciples. Instead of ignoring his doubts or leaving him to kind of figure things out on his own, Jesus offers him the same greeting of peace that he offers the others. He provides him with the evidence that he demanded. He shows him those marks on his hand and in his side. Thomas responds immediately in belief. He didn't need any more convincing. 
Having seen for himself, he was now sure that he believed that Jesus had risen, that Jesus was Lord, and that Jesus was God. And in light of this, maybe Thomas should not be known as the doubter. Maybe instead we should refer to him as the one who believed. I'm always struck in reading this passage about how much we find ourselves in the same place that Thomas did in his journey with faith. We've heard the prophecies and we've heard the promises that were all proven true through the resurrection of Jesus, but none of us witnessed that passion firsthand. None of us saw those nail marks in Jesus' hands and in his side. None of us personally experienced the resurrected Jesus. We have not seen And yet we are called to believe. And I think this is what Jesus was talking about when he said to Thomas, because you have seen and believed, blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. And this is where we enter the story. As in these words, Jesus is calling us to believe that which we haven't seen. And that's where our journey with faith begins, friends. Isn't that what faith is really all about? Believing that which is unseen. Isn't that what we're called to? The scripture tells us that it is. Scripture tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. It is natural that we, like Thomas, would have questions and doubts and uncertainties. We may not understand the resurrection or the life that we're called to live because of it. Or maybe we did understand, but somewhere along the way, in the crucible of life, we lost sight of it. And so this is where we begin our journey of questioning and struggling as we find our own way to faith. And Jesus is patient with us in this process. He understands our uncertainties. He can handle all of our doubts. He doesn't ignore them or leave us to figure them out on our own. He knows that doubt is simply one chapter in the story of our faith. He knows that it can actually be a stepping stone to greater faith. And no one is more invested in our taking that next step in our spiritual journey than Jesus is. No one is more invested in us finding ourselves on solid ground. And so Jesus extends the same grace to you and me that he extended to the disciples. He extends the same peace to comfort us in the midst of all of our doubts. He extends the same spirit to carry us through the days that lie ahead. And while Jesus can't offer us those visible signs of his resurrection, he can offer us a relationship that is every bit as real. It's where we can experience in a spiritual sense what Thomas and the disciples experienced in the physical sense. And this relationship can handle all of the questions and all of the doubts and all of the uncertainties that we could ever throw at it. (laughs) 
It can see us through whatever life brings our way to test and challenge our faith. And eventually, it can lead us to that place where Thomas found himself, where he just didn't need any more convincing, where we become not the ones who doubt, but the ones who believe, where even though we haven't seen, yet we still believe that Jesus is risen. (laughs) that Jesus is Lord, and that Jesus is God. Where we can confess, as Thomas did, my Lord and my God, and we can know that this confession will change the course of our lives forever. This is certainly what we hope will happen for each of us. It's what we hope will happen every time we baptize a child. or confirm a youth, or bring a new member into the life of the church. Everyone comes to a faith decision with doubts and uncertainties, and so we struggle through these questions together. We have been facing some of these questions with the confirmation class recently. They have questions about faith, but they also have questions about how faith impacts their lives. And I've been really impressed that they've been asking themselves some pretty hard questions along the way. Questions like, why should I make this commitment to Christ and to his church? What does it look like? to live out the commitment that I've made? What kind of a difference should it make in my life? And where do I go from here? What's my next step beyond this commitment? And as I'm considering these questions and considering how to respond to them, I'm realizing that we all need to be asking ourselves these questions at every step along the way in our spiritual journey. I'm also realizing that the answers are probably different for each of us. I can share about what my experience has been with faith, but my journey, it isn't your journey. The steps of our journey, they're different. All I can do is struggle with you in the midst of the questions and the doubts and hope that my support gives you some guidance to determine your next step, whatever that is. In the midst of our uncertainties, the best thing that we can really ever do for each other is just to point each other to Jesus so that we can all experience, like Thomas did, like the disciples did, this personal relationship for ourselves. I'm convinced that it's only through experiencing this relationship personally that our doubts can ever really be dispelled that we can truly come to believe. And the good news is, friends, that this relationship, it is a safe place for us. It's the place where we can question and doubt. It's the place where we can admit what we don't understand. It's the place where we can struggle with faith in light of all that life throws at us. It's the place where we can wonder about what this resurrection life is even supposed to look like, how it's supposed to change us, how it is supposed to make a difference in our lives. And it's the place where even if we can't be sure about anything else in life, we can be sure about Jesus. And we can be sure 
about the new life that he longs to bring us all. It's the place where, even though we haven't seen, yet we still believe. And it's the place where we can confess with Thomas, my Lord and my God, with confidence. And we can know that that confession will change the course of our lives forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.